0: Hello and welcome to the Broadcast Sport Podcast. My name's Jake Bickerton and I'm the editor of Broadcast Sport. In this podcast, you'll hear from Barbara Slater, director of BBC Sport, as she talks to presenter Gavin Ramjan about the sports that work well on one of the biggest free-to-air channels. This conversation was recorded at the Broadcast Sport Content Summit, which was held at Doc 10 Studios on 30th September 2021.
1: Thanks for everyone for coming. Much appreciated. Um, It is a pleasure to be here. And as Jake was saying, you know, it's really nice to be in front of people again um, to do these types of things. It's just been so long. And it's great to have the main woman here, uh, Barbara, with me now to talk about some amazing stuff that has been going on in the world of sport over the last few months. It's been an incredible summer of sport. I've been lucky and privileged enough to have been in that environment next door in Key House, um, covering the Olympics, Paralympics, the Euros, there's been so much going on, and it is, it's just the perfect time to be in uh, sport right now. So, you know, it's an absolute joy to be part of an amazing team at BBC Sport. Um, and so today we're going to be talking about um, sort of, you know, the challenges that, you know, BBC Sport and, and general broadcasters have been having to face over the last few months, you know, pay TV and direct-to-consumer platforms, the advent of, of streaming as well. We're going to be discussing a lot about that, rights issues, loads of stuff to do with kind of um you know how the world is is changing really and it's interesting i was going to just give you a quick personal anecdote Uh, i haven't uh, told you about this jake actually or or charlotte but um about 15 16 years ago i came to a conference here organized by broadcast not in doc 10 but it was in london and this is when i was a student i was starting out um and it was just like you know i came as one of the delegates here i paid for my ticket and stuff and you know just sampling in a bit of like you know the atmosphere Mm and getting to sort of know the industry but Today I'm here like hosting like, a session with you guys and I just feel like it's just, you know, full circle really. It's pretty, yeah, <laughs> I feel pretty special about that. So thanks for having me. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into the chat with Barbara Slater, Director of BBC Sport. Um, Barbara, let's talk first about um, sports rights and, you know, the BBC strategy towards uh, sports rights. And, um, you, know, the, the, you know, it was just such an incredible summer of sport, wasn't it, um, that we've just seen. And, you know, the kind of like stuff that works really well on, on free-to-air audiences. Is there a sort of strategy that the BBC Employees, which kind of looks at what the best sports are and what the best coverage is when it comes to free to air.
0: Indeed, but first I've got to say, well done to you. Oh, thank you. No, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I wonder what other budding ah, we've, got, we've got uh, who will be inspired. And we've got oh, in the thank audience you. today. Thanks. So, yeah, so on, you know, fantastic to see you come through oh, from that early ambition to do thank what you. you're doing now. Which is I've got brilliant.
1: the program as well, actually. It's oh, really fantastic. old school. <laughs> yeah, it's really old school. I've seen my bag. I have to show you. Yeah, I it's think crazy. We need to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we, we definitely do. Um, so, OK, um, what our sort of approach took our, our overall sports strategy, in, obviously, inclu- including rights? And, and I think it very much mirrors the overall BBC strategy, which is value for audiences. And so we're pretty forensic, um, kind of, when it comes to events and rights and, 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 and what we bid for. You know, we look in great detail at audience numbers and audience figures and, and the demographics and things. So it is all about trying to use every pound, if you like, that we get as wisely as we can on events that are going to give maximum value and maximum impact back to the audiences. Clearly, Crown Jewels is something that, that we aspire to. I think it's what our audiences expect us to do. Uh, I think what we are able to do is take events to the widest possible audience. I think that's really I- important from many different angles. And, you know, I genuinely think it, 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 it's one of our USPs. Uh, so it it, it, it is... You know, if there's, there's an element of breadth and range as well. I think we'd probably cover in a year, if you include some of our streaming services, probably about 50 sports. But there is no question that it is those crown jewels. It is the Olympics. It is it is the Euros. It is the Wimbledons, the FA Cups, the Six Nations that, that people love to see. And they're very, very precious, I think, in this the kind of the world we live in, those nation-uniting moments. And, and I think that they are they're incredibly important. And I think you can only achieve that at the moment with, 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 with free-to-air exposure. And there is some protection of that with listed events. And so I think that's generally recognised kind of across the, across the industry. Because when you see 31 million people tuning in to the Euros final, I mean, that is, that is a nation absorbed and behind an event. And I think after the 18 months that we've had this summer, Sport has been so uplifting for people, um, those stories. And it was interesting coming into Tokyo what were going to be the effects? No crowds, was it all going to fall a bit flat? And I think there was maybe a degree of negativity coming into the event. But once it got going, and some of those stories, and you just saw the achievements of the athletes, some of their backstories, and what they'd done over that 18 months to sort of get even at the start line was was just amazing and i i just think was really really inspirational and i just think proved the power of sport and that was you know i think why we all love it so much yeah no, no, it's yeah a,
1: yeah it really it was just so captivating wasn't it and just yeah. to be part of that covering that every day was just insane a, incredible, a privilege absolutely absolute privilege. privilege really really was um is there stuff that would you you would say that pot- potentially works better on free to air from a bbc point of view
0: not necessarily from a BBC point of view, but I do think that it is really important that the pinnacle moments are available free-to-air. And, um, and you know, there's competition between free-to-air. If you actually look at the current list of events, some are on ITV, some are on BBC, um, some are on, on, on you know, across across a number of broadcasters. But the most important thing is that they are free-to-air because I think that's how you preserve and protect the longevity of of some of the sports as well Um, you know i think i think it's interesting um, you know if you don't want your sport to become too niche and and only playing to the dedicated fan I, i think that's one of the things that we really pride ourselves in i think if you look generally across the piece you can divide audiences into three segments there is the main eventer and the main eventer is one that just wants to join the really big moments they might not follow a sport year-round but when it's dominating the national conversation they want to tune in you see that at Wimbledon you see it at the Olympics you see it at many many events suddenly you get the really big numbers and it's because you're pulling in the main eventers there's then probably about a third of the audience are sport fans and they're going to want to go deeper and further and that's, that's, that's an audience that needs to be catered for. And then you get those that really aren't that interested. Mm. And, and actually, I think what, what we've seen and do see on those biggest moments is you even tap into that third. Um, and suddenly, these, these, these are events and moments that transcend beyond sport. They really become part of, of, of I think, what, what the, the, you know, the nation wants to follow. Mm. And, and I think that's where free-to-air plays its part. It can be more challenging... For free-to-air to compete on the very regular uh, content, because it, it's a strength and a weakness, the fact that sport plays out as, as part of a multi-genre channel. So, and that that schedule is competitive. There are a lot of other areas that also want that airtime. So, sport really has to earn its place. And therefore, if you've got a huge volume. Uh, very regularly, that that can be more challenging. We of course have streaming options now, and there's the iPlayer, which increasingly is 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 an absolutely crucial destination for watching sport and and for other content as well. But I think what works particularly well on free to wear is is those uh, moments where the nation comes together to watch extraordinary sporting action.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's um that's absolutely bang on. You know, there's the, some of the stuff that we covered, and you know. Things that you wouldn't necessarily even think about, um, <laughs> like you know, um, I mean, I just remember the, the, the Tom Dean's mom having that huge house party, and it was just yeah, the stuff, stuff like that. Just, just it's really it's sort of,
0: wonderful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I absolutely mean, I, I, I don't know, I just, and like, like you, you know, say, without
1: free to air and without like you know yeah, the, the yeah, amplifico- yeah. amplified coverage of it, it wouldn't see the light of day most of the yeah. time because oh, it's just such a new sport.
0: The, the, you know, there's quite a lot of investment goes in through UK sport and into the athletes and and and, and their journeys. I mean, imagine if that wasn't seen um uh so so i i think i think we play an important part we're, we're part we're not the we're not the full story mm-hmm. um but but i think that that opportunity I, it is interesting isn't it i i think the power of free to air sporting heroes can be created in an incredibly short period of time um and you know i just think you have to see that with some of the of, of the extraordinary achievements in 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 Tokyo and and some of those successful athletes now really well known by the public and and that's really important that that's part of their award isn't it for 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 the for the years and years of dedication they've put in.
1: Absolutely Uh, in terms of how the BBC's coverage is different to other uh, dedicated sports channels Barbara what would you say makes the BBC different in how they approach things how they cover how they cover stuff how Oh, I say they, we, um, <laughs> how, um, yeah, how, how we sort of set ourselves you know, apart in a way from, from the others.
0: I think it's trying to cater for that breadth of audience, all of those different elements of interest, so the more dedicated fan to the main event, to even the, the person that maybe doesn't often come to sport. How do we make that really interesting and sing for all of those different people? And, and I, I would really hold up Tokyo as a fantastic example of that. So I don't know how many of you got, became dedicated to Taekwondo. but I did what an amazing sport that is I mean it comes down to seconds and you literally I mean talk about edge of your seat and then we had a brilliant pundit in Latola Muhammad. I mean who again I think almost became a bit of a sort of celebrity with the brilliance of his analysis and by the way brilliant commentary too I mean I I really felt I understood that sport and if, if I hadn't had that insight and that analysis, I don't think I'd have had a clue what was going on. So reason. I thought that they did it really. And, and by the way, I'm talking on taekwondo that we can replicate this across many, many of the different sports. I've just chosen that one as an example, because I, I think we enhance that storytelling of that event and and of the the kind of the, the you know the, the journey, if you like, of the different athletes. I thought that thought was was sort of brought to life by that expertise but i hope done in a way that that any audience could understand and and feel that it was for them and 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 that inclusivity of the coverage it is is really important. It's not for us to prove how much we know about something. It's for us to say there's something fantastic here, and we want you to understand it so you can appreciate it. Yeah. And I think it's trying to pull that audience in, who maybe are less expert. And I think that's a really important role that we play.
1: Yeah. The taekwondo was such a good example, actually. Of that it was just. Mm. It was. I don't know if any of you saw it, but it was just. Uh, drama, like... <laughs> and it was left right to the last seconds, wasn't it, know, as well? Yeah, always. Yeah. I thought that they must be scripting this. Yeah, <laughs> they have to yeah, be, yeah, surely. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, his
0: silver medal, yeah, which he lost in the last second, yeah, yeah, yeah. has probably um, made him more... Of, if you're like sort of more of a celebrity more well more well known than he'd actually won the gold i know i know absolutely yeah. <laughs> i mean those tears you, you can just remember them yeah you? Yeah, yeah yeah gosh
1: but well, i hope that's given the sport a boost because yeah. a lot of them do sort of struggle for numbers yeah. when you look at the good the, the grander for sure, sports if you like, for sure, like football for sure. and, and the, the and other particularly ones. this
0: period mm. i think so many of those slightly more niche sports they have so struggled there just hasn't been the funding and so, and some of the sort of features and that that you know you you see I don't know how many of you, you saw the sort of Helen Glover documentary yeah you know and and the, and the dedication to do yeah with without that with, with just literally a rowing machine at home I mean the motivation yeah. absolutely extraordinary
1: yeah and added PT's uh, swim tank in the yeah. garden as well yeah, yeah. yeah incredible yeah. amazing um, in terms of your vision for the future Barbara what would you say uh, you know linear TV plays in that vision and you know how does it sort of fit in with the the sort of advent of social and digital, Mm, really, mm, in that mm, mix? mm. Because, you know, a lot of audiences are now going to, you know, different platforms to get sport. And, you know, BBC Sports, um, you know, Instagram and and Twitter pages are humongous, of course. But in terms of coverage, how would you sort of assess, like, where that plays its part?
0: So I'd say a number of things. I I think, firstly, uh, and we really saw the evidence this summer. I mean, I've been in the industry, you know, a a fair few years, and, and I've heard the sort of discussion... God, I'm talking 20 years ago about well, linear television. You know, it's all over for linear television. It clearly isn't because you just got to look at 30 million people, and there is still a simplicity of that type of broadcast that um, uh, you know takes events to pretty efficiently to 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 a mass audience. So you still can achieve if the content is right amazing audiences so who would have thought that that even today we would actually be breaking linear records uh, which is which is pretty amazing and, and i think what's interesting is that was um uh you know those 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 figures were, were way in excess on linear but they also broke records digitally and, and i think that um if you look at something like the iPlayer and the fact that you get your iPlayer player on your big screen some people are just naturally choosing to watch it through the iPlayer, but they're still watching the same, the same content. So there's, there's a number of issues here. Dig, digital, in a way, you could argue, is, isn't that different. And certainly the BBC sees the iPlayer as such an important part of its future because it's a best of both worlds. You can get events that are live uh, and many of the streaming services aren't into live in the same way, but actually you've also got amazing catch-up And, of course, particularly that came into its own in Tokyo because so much of the action was overnight. Indeed, um, and it was interesting just to reflect on this summer. So Wimbledon, 28 million accessed Wimbledon via streams. That was a record, an all-time high. And we were fairly pleased with that. That was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we had the Euros. That was 70 million. I mean, wow. (laughs) The numbers for Tokyo were over 100. And that is an all time ever record uh, all time and ever, that's yeah. the same thing but anyway. <laughs> Why <laughs> do you think for, that I was? For emphasis. Yeah. Why do you um, think that was
1: then, do you, Barbara, do you reckon that was? I think purely... there was a
0: combination, mm-hmm. I think just changing habits that, that people were accessing it off a combination of devices, um, I think it was also the fact that it was an overnight games oh, yeah, and there yeah. were a lot of people that wanted to wake up and, and access what they wanted to access. And so one of our ambitions in that coverage was to provide lots of choice as to how people could access that. So that might be Tokyo trending, it might be best bits, it might be highlights of the day, and then also the individual sports that, that, that people could access as well that played out overnight. So I think that whole combination. So, so I think what's interesting, there's a distribution element to it. Mm-hmm. And then, as you say, you've mentioned some of the social media. Again, I think that that's really important for amplifying events. And, And what we would always try to do is use some of those platforms to let people know of the amazing action, to sort of tease in that space. But ultimately, I think that there's still a degree of sport being compelling in long form. I mean, everything's getting shorter, isn't it, and more condensed. And to a degree... That's true in sport as well. And Mm. you're seeing people want to consume their sport almost in ever smaller bite sizes. But ultimately, if you really want to experience the drama of a live event, it kind of has to be long form. And I think we really feel that to keep faith in that and not try to do everything in a a very short time spent. There is Mm. a place for that in storytelling and sports storytelling for sure. But actually, you know, you, you, you can't if you're really gonna appreciate the success of, say, Tom Daly's amazing um, you know, gold, gold medal in is the synchro ten metres with with, with, with with his partner, you 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 needed to see not just the last dive, which lasted about Three seconds. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Absolutely right. It's, it's yeah. You've got to live that drama, haven't you? Yeah, and, and the, build that and up. And build sure. that up to,
0: so that when they're on the edge of that board. Yeah, about to do their last dive. You're sort of oh, come on. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and that was like crazy. O'clock in the morning as well, wasn't it? So, um, do you think, Barbara, that you know partnerships between uh, pay TV and streaming platforms uh, and, and the rights holders for those um, streaming platforms could um, potentially see you know free to air channels? Um, collaborating in the future on key events and tournaments?
0: Um, well, we we, we we do already, mm. indeed. Um, but more know, the, of
1: that in the future, perhaps. Oh, so, I, so. Well, I,
0: I would say that... That you know, that we've got quite a lot of long-established partnerships, and those partnerships may flex over time. But mm-hmm. I think you'd be surprised, actually, how many events are already in partnership. You've only got to look at the Euros and the and the World Cup, and that's with ITV. Um, ITV will be a joint rights holder of the FA Cup going forward. Um, the Six Nations is another example. Uh, the Olympics was a partnership, of, obviously, with Discovery, and did yeah. quite a lot of comment about the the, the the kind of the new rights. But that's the reality. The reality is to find creative partnerships that protect free to air look at the cricket look at the hundred i think that's a really great example and and it was interesting you know and i would really applaud the ecb so we went into discussions with the ecb quite a few years ago about was there a way of getting some cricket back on free to air and so the, the, the sort of concept the very early concept of the hundred was sort of discussed, and, and, and we talked about having something that was quite focused and condensed, that there would be a portion free to wear, and there would be a portion on pay. And, and we were very keen that we could still tell the whole narrative. So, for example, at the final... So we found it would be free to air mm-hmm. and not, not just, well, you can do the first couple of matches, tee it all up and then over to pay. And I think we found a really good arrangement with a, with a, um, um, a, a kind of a regular commitment to free to keep the narrative going. But if you were a, wanted to get real depth and live and breathe 100 every pretty much every day of, of that period, well, then you would, you would have gone to pay. And that was obviously a partnership with Sky. <coughs> so partnerships is absolutely... What we were doing. And I, and I think what was, what's interesting is I believe, and I think the ECB would acknowledge this, that the 100 made more impact because it was, there was a slice of it on, on, on an important slice of it on free to air. And those opening two days of matches, particularly the mm. first women's match, that was an all time record for women's cricket and And I just think that's fantastic to see, and I think anybody tu- who tuned in that night and and saw the spectacle, particularly with the crowd atmosphere, et cetera, et cetera, just would have would have would have said i want I want to watch more of that," and that can be great for people actually going as well as as, as for TV audiences and And I thought the players' reaction was brilliant as well. I mean, they just loved being in front of those crowds yeah. and feeling there was a a spotlight on them. To elevate what they were doing, and part of that spotlight, I, I do believe, came because it was free to air.
1: Yeah, and like you say, with with the the, the, the women's side of of uh, the hundred and getting the you know the first showing, mm-hmm. you know, it was the first matchup every yeah. day, um, and you know, getting the the airtime that it deserves. Women's sport in in the last sort of few months has had a real um, burst through in terms of the mainstream, hasn't it? And yeah. I guess a lot of the a lot of the work is down to. to people at like the BBC and, and other broadcasters putting that mainstream finally. So would you say that that the the advent of sort of like all that uh, has kind of helped women's sport in that way?
0: With without question. I mean we just to be clear we've been covering women's mm. sport for for decades. This isn't something sure. kind of new, but I think there have been a couple of of sort of watershed moments. I think 2012 was one. I think we saw fantastic success by our, by our female athletes. They just seemed to shine so amazingly at that event. We saw things like 80,000 people watching at Wembley a women's football match. And, um, you know, once that sort of Team GB shirt was on, I I think it was just gender neutral. You just you were cheering Team GB. But I think that there was a sort of legacy to that. I think then we've seen the governing bodies themselves really, really step up. What was interesting, if you look at, say, women's football, I think it's a great example. And it's probably not spoken a lot, but there was a 2015 World Cup in Canada. And there's no question that the coverage took a massive leap the investment in cameras and in the way that was covered was was, was huge. We invested far more airtime in it. And um, I think overall, again, it was record-breaking at the time, and, and it reached an audience of 12 million. What was really interesting is we did some audience research. 48% of that 12 million had never watched a women's football match before. Wow. <laughs> and that is how you start to transform things. I mean, that's an extraordinary number. And, and I think that kind of legacy carried through. We had Channel 4 do the women's Euros. That was sort of very successful as well. And then we had the Women's World Cup in 2019. By that time, the peak audience for a women's football match had got to 4 million. Pretty, pretty good. I mean, I know it's not maybe, you know, the 20 million that you might get for a men's match, but the trajectory is like that, which mm-hmm. is, is a very rare thing. In, mod- in modern kind of broadcasting yeah, of is. any genre across the piece. And um, so we put a lot of effort into the build-up, into that 2019 Women's World Cup. I, I changed the game campaign, really embraced well by the rest of the BBC. I don't think there was anybody, in, I would like to think, in the UK that didn't know there was a Women's World Cup about to happen. The first match broke that record. It was over 6 million. The next match was over 7 million. The match <laughs> after that, over eight. And then the semi-final was nearly 12 million. That was the second highest peak of any television programme in 2019. And if somebody had said at the start of the year that a women's football match would achieve that, I think, you know, you'd have been somebody would have been sort of questioning your, you know, the, your judgement. <laughs> um, and and I just think many, many stakeholders in, are involved in that, but we really got to reflect on that and think how how fantastic. I mean, we can just say once and for all, any comment that's made, people aren't really interested in women's sport, it's busted. That is not true any longer. And there is the evidence and the proof of that. Uh, and uh, women's sport has suffered more so in COVID. There's, I think there's no question it sort of disappeared more from our screens. But I think there's there's a really, again, that opportunity, a transformational period coming up of the WSL now mm, yeah. is, 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 is receiving um, much more exposure, early days yet, but we have a Women's Euros in the UK mm-hmm. and that can be such a big moment. Indeed, we've got meetings later this week about how can we ripple that through the BBC to make sure it's not just sport shouting about it, but it's other areas of the organisation as well. We have Commonwealth Games, which I think has just tipped the medal tally towards women rather than... Uh, you know, I think the Olympics was something like 40... Nine percent medals mm. were women, were, 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 were women's events. And I think the Commonwealth Games has just tipped over the 50%. Um, so, again, we're, we're seeing, I think, a collective momentum uh, getting behind women's sport. It's still important, though. It has to be elite sport. It has to be highly competitive. And I remember that we had one match during the, the Women's World Cup where I think the USA beat... Gosh, I think was it was it Thailand thirteen yeah, yeah. mil, and there was just a bit of you know you wouldn't get that would you you know, no, no. and and I think we we still can see some women's sport where if you like the professionalism of the game isn't yet driving a depth of uh, and strength, but it's a virtuous circle, isn't it? If you can offer extra exposure. That's inspirational for new people coming into the sport. That becomes then more attractive for the media across the piece, not just broadcast, but but sort of you know written media um, etc. Et, et as well. So I, th- I think that's that's hopefully what we're going to see, and we're seeing sponsors step up too. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, this can't all be the responsibility of the broadcaster, um, but we have a crucial role to play.
1: Yeah, that's a it's a really interesting point that. And, and would you see it as and by the way those those figures are, are pretty much double what strictly gets on a saturday right so that's, that's crazy i mean what the average strictly is about 7 million that's yeah 12 million that's brilliant um in in terms of like the future of of growth for for new sports barbara would yes. you say that women's sport is a huge has a huge role to play in that then
0: uh, yes i do and and i think what's also fantastic is you know we we talk about streaming i mean we shouldn't forget that in 2012 you know BBC was streaming huge amounts, yeah. um, and and we and we've done so ever since. If you look at those uh, with the Wimbledon's, et cetera, et cetera. And I think what what we are also trying to do is is recognise the value of streaming in giving sports a platform, because I remember having conversations with numerous governing bodies and them saying, but 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 kind of. What do we do? How do we get our, our sport to an audience? You know, we know that you're not going to put it on BBC One, you know, because the audience isn't isn't yet at a point that would, would necessarily sort of justify that on merit. And and so we do see streaming as as a really important avenue. And and we mustn't forget the power of the iPlayer and the ability to sort of hero things within the iPlayer and give if you like, um, uh, you know, support events. So, you know, we're 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 very encouraging to, to to rights holders and governing bodies who have events to say, look, if you, you know, want to use our platform, if you can provide us with a quality of a, of of, 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 a, of coverage, and often the governing bodies are doing that coverage themselves. We'll work with you to help and often they're streaming events on their own websites but that's that's again going Mm. to the niche audience Mm. i think what we can bring a
1: lot of the cricket teams do that don't they yeah yeah, they do they do do.
0: um is what so what we can do is not not we don't see that as as in any way competition very reverse collectively can we grow this so you've got the, the your membership your niche fan actually we've got a website here that's being looked at by, by, by kind of millions of people. You know, we're not going to put you up front, no, but, but you know, there is a route and, and a navigation whereby you can get from that into some of this, uh, this the sport. And, and, um, and I just think it's, 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 it's really important. And in some ways, if those sports start to attract the numbers, mm-hmm. then we'll move it up the, the, the kind of the, the hierarchy. And we've seen that with women's football. Yeah. We saw it when we were streaming women's football that we were getting over 100,000, uh, even up to 200,000. We saw it with the women's rugby. So the women's rugby, um, again, I think we, we streamed that three or four years ago and it was tens of thousands. Well, certainly one of the matches that we, we covered earlier in the year was 200,000. So that mm. suddenly says, hang on a minute, uh, is there a network opportunity here? So it is... It, it, it is working in partnership with the rights holders uh, about great things but what we do is recognize our role in that and I, and I think the if you like the, the multiple um, outlets that the BBC has is an um, is a, is a massive strength in that and that that ability to amplify and and I do think that that is one of our of our kind of USps and mm-hmm. it's something that we are, are really keen to to make sure rights holders appreciate, you know, and, and I think rights holders do, that there is an ability, given all the different platforms and, and where BBC Sport sits within those platforms, you mentioned the reach of social media, mm-hmm. how valuable that is in making things and, and developing them and, and, and growing them. And, the, and the, those numbers at the Women's World Cup would simply not have been achieved, I think, without that collective support.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point, yeah, that collective support is so important. And, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. uh, with, um, you know, the, the opportunities to, to perhaps maybe uh, showcase a, a sport that hasn't got the numbers, is there opportunity within the BBC's platforms, Barbara, to maybe take a bit of a gamble on a sport perhaps or, or maybe like kind of um, go with sort of like a gut instinct on something or, or do you sort of perhaps rely on more on the numbers? Um,
0: I, I think we're, we're... You could argue... We did that with 100. Mm. You could yeah. argue, did cricket need another format? I mean that's let's, new let's, as well. let's be never, honest there was yeah. quite a lot of negativity towards the hundred and I tell you what really struck us was we had some conversations with the ECB and the ECB were worried where were their future audiences going to come from and so and that chimed immediately with us this was a governing body that wanted to do something different that was looking to bring in a new audience and that of course Place to our strengths so in some ways it 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 made that negotiation easier they knew that and they wanted the BBC on board and that you know obviously in a in a highly competitive environment around sports rights is is a really important thing to have and um but but we we were 100% behind it you know we said look you're the experts we we're not the designers of cricket formats and, and, in fact, whoever came up with that format, I think we could all agree, we had some thrilling matches, and it sort of inspired, you know, the big hitting, which is exactly what they wanted. Um, and I and I think it really delivered. Um, but I think there's a real example of us taking a risk, because I remember we did a presentation and we went to see the controller of BBC Two. And we went with them, because I think we, we really wanted to find a window. and And he said yeah i'm going to give you thursday evenings you know the whole of the evening now that was a pretty big commitment to make it didn't actually end up like that because okay. i think with the, all the different events it ended up a bit more higgledy piggledy but still the same number of hours commitment and um and so i think it was it was sort of almost in multiple parties coming together saying no no we we're, we're going to get behind this and i just think then you you know i i can assure you the the sort of delight of those first two evenings when it wasn't raining. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. mean, you know, come on. The, can you imagine if they'd been, you know, pouring rain yeah. <laughs> and we'd been looking at rain down on all, for sort of, you know, however many hours it was, you know, BBC Two have given us this precious window and it's rained the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I think that that was a real, um, uh, you know, Thank you, thank you, weather, (laughs) (laughs) for once you saved the day.
1: Uh, do you remember guys keep your, your slido questions coming in we'll come to those in a moment um but i just wanted to quickly ask before we go to the slidos uh barbara the slidos uh, <laughs> found a verb for now um but um the uh the, the 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 idea of sport and entertainment coming together the yeah. hundred was a great, great example of that yeah. with yeah. you know music and, yeah. and other acts kind of yeah, getting involved yeah, and you yeah, know yeah, yeah. social media sort of like personalities being involved mm-hmm. in the coverage mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um entertainment how much does that play a role in sort of sports strategy would you say
0: Um, It it does, and and you can approach it in a number of different ways. Do you bring the entertainment into the event coverage, or actually do you provide alternative programming where there's more of an entertainment? So we had um, the Peter Crouch programme complementing the Euros, um, etc., and and so you you can go down those routes. But in a way, I mean, you're you're, you're right. Sport is entertainment. It it is. Um, And and I think it's important to to try and strike a balance between... Keeping it fun, keeping it informative, letting people really appreciate the action. And, and I, and again, I probably would point to the Tokyo Olympics. I think there was a good balance. There was a highlights program in the evening where there was some attempts to, to sort of take a little bit of a different um, a, a look at things. I um, don't uh, you know if you saw, anybody saw the sort of the pieces done by Nihal. I mean, mm. they were lovely, uh, showing a, you know the, sort of a bit of a different take from from from, from Tokyo and the sort of the packaging, etc. But I think you've got to be careful. To two people want the action that is why they're tuning in and so we we get quite a mix of feedback some of it can you stop talking we want more action and some honestly would literally want just that's it no no color no surround sound so we we and i think that's one of the challenges for us is trying to provide that breadth of audience those that are the dedicated fan but those that also i suppose want to be drawn in, have that explanation, have the fun um, brought to life.
1: Yeah, love that. Let's go to uh, a couple of questions then from uh, the audience. So thank you for sending some in. Um, I've got one here that you can also, you know, make yourself anonymous if you don't want to put your name to anything and I won't shout you out. So (laughs) Um, were you upset, Barbara, by some of the criticism the BBC received for not showing all of the Olympics events?
0: Look, um, of course we we never like criticism but uh, what i would say is i really believe our olympic coverage was a massive success a record-breaking success i mean i've given you those streaming numbers already there was still fantastic choice for people there were two dedicated streams um it really was possible across those two streams to show an extraordinary volume of content way more than any human could ever watch um and you have to sometimes make you have to prioritize and make choices we're in a partnership with discovery that will extend um, over over the next um, 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 uh, Olympics. In a partnership, people have to have something I mean they paid nearly a billion pounds. <laughs> it, they, they something had to belong to discovery and 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 we came to an arrangement where if you wanted to watch volleyball from the qualifying through to however many rounds it was, you know there was a Eurosport that was going to offer you. For a, you know a reasonable sum, modest sum, that you would be able to access that. It it was a partnership. Um, we did the model in Pyeongchang, and I think because there were less events, I don't think people were quite as as aware. So I, possibly we also thought, well, will people are, are, are aware that it's two streams? So so maybe that that um, you know there was something something to take away there about possibly we maybe we should do more explanation. But there were more hours on BBC One than than ever before and I think what, what is difficult is you know, it's very easy to make us a comparison oh the numbers weren't as good as 2012 well no they weren't as good because actually most of the action was overnight mm. and it was interesting, it sort of got a bit muddled I, I remember there was, um, it was actually one MP I can't remember his name but he said but so much of it's recorded <laughs> well yes, yes it is actually because it's sort of over and, and, that, and, and so and then we also got a lot of sports going but why isn't my sport on BBC One well, mm. we'd have had that just that 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 that, that issue anyway. So, um, I mean, but what what I think, and I would want to say, and I don't know if there's any of of our kind of production teams in in the room. God, they did an amazing job. I mean, the the the, the COVID restrictions, the changes of plan that went into that. I mean, I think they were on Plan Twenty Five B because. <laughs> You know, there was a plan to, to do much of the coverage from Tokyo. And, and over that whole period, you can imagine how it flexed and ebbed and flowed. And who could you, cause who can you send? And, and, you know, suddenly people were due to fly. Oh, my God, they're going to have to go through a red zone country. They can't do that. Mm. We've now got to change the flights. It was a logistic, logistical nightmare. I mean, in this very building, in one of the studios, I'm serious. There were the equivalent of garden sheds lined up. So, that commentators could be in their own personal space with a perspex window to their co commentator. And therefore, if either of them got COVID, then the whole team wasn't effectively having to self isolate. So, the, and that was being done through the night, by the way, our sort of little Mm. commentary hutches were. were, were, I heard all about them. (laughs) I know, we're all all there firing away kind of overnight. We just had to keep people safe and, and therefore the protocols. And, you know, we had COVID officers who would wander around and if anybody got too close they would get reminded to step back um because we had to you know the investment is huge and but the, the stress that that puts on a production team and so to produce the quality and the, the the kind of the depth of coverage that they did given those challenges i think was was well, i bow down to them i really do
1: yeah yeah um, absolutely I completely agree I think it's just been a yeah. phenomenal effort from everyone all around yeah. and actually. including
0: you know lots of others yeah. have a, or the sports themselves you know the sort of the bubbles in cricket or various other things I mean people have moved heaven and earth to try and, and 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 keep sport going and and you know f- fingers crossed but again I know I said it at the beginning but how uplifting it was to have all of that um, almost, you know, in these really difficult times.
1: And this is another question that maybe you might um, mm. sort of elaborate on some of the moments you just mentioned there, Barbara, actually, mm. about your per- your personal favourite moment out of this great summer of sport. There's been so much, there's been so many groundbreaking oh, that's, that's opportunities easy, and things.
0: Easy, easy. Yeah. but is it like, I'm a gymnast.
1: Oh, OK. I'm oh, a yeah. gymnast.
0: Max Whitlock.
1: Oh, yeah. Come on. The guys. That f- routine is,
0: is 30 yeah. seconds. He trains day in, day out. Yeah for 30 seconds. (laughs) It's a precarious 30 seconds. I mean, you know, that is a difficult exercise. Brits always fell off in the past. Mm -hmm. And he... that I mean, the pressure on him in qualifying, because only eight make the final, one tinsy slip. I mean, we're talking a slightly bent toe, and he might not have made the final. So for him to... um, That achievement... And and I make no excuse... I'm biased. <laughs> no apology. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was incredible, wasn't it? And it's it? probably that because British gymnastics has come so far. You mm. might not know, but, but gymnastics was my sport. And um, and I was, you know, in an era when the Brits took part. You know, we, 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 it was great to be there. We, you know, we, we competed, but, you know, we weren't in contention for the medals. That was the Eastern Bloc. That was the sort of um, the Russians and the Romanians. And, uh, and And so there's a bit of me that is also just so proud of what, British gymnasts have done. You know, they've they've come from being true underdogs to actually being up there on the podium amazing.
1: Yeah, that, the British <laughs> did incredibly well. And there's so many sports like that that where Britain's previously done not so well in the past. And for me, the swimming was was that yeah, for this it summer, was, in, wasn't it? in the Olympics. Yeah. It was it's incredible. funny,
0: it's those ebbs and flows. Yeah. And and then you look at some of the other sports, and um, and and although although our athletes were still breaking personal bests and records. It's just, it was almost as if some other countries had just taken a bit of a further mm. leap yeah. in kind of pushing the boundaries. Yeah, hey, that's what's going to happen, isn't it? Mm.
1: Brilliant stuff. I think, uh, yeah, I don't think if we've got enough time to get in 59 seconds. B- yeah, we, we, before, <laughs> before the trap door in front of us opens and yeah. smollies us up. But yeah. Um, yeah, Barbara, I just want to say thank you for your time. Brilliant. For, for sharing those yeah. insights and for yeah. your experiences and for that, that knowledge of, of what happens within sports strategy within the BBC yeah. and also for your personal moments, really. Indeed. So everyone, round of applause for Barbara. Thanks thank for you, thank you very
0: much. Thank you. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed the first Broadcast Sport podcast. Please subscribe if you enjoyed it and I'll see you soon for the next one.